religion, humanity's great hope, or angelic hoax. Prologue. The tree of life in Genesis was or is the ticket to immortality, but spiritual adversaries led by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil despise humanity, especially those who would lead man and womankind to that immortality. They have been and are doing everything in their power to keep us from the immortal truth. They have a plan which, simply put, is to get us dead. To accomplish this, they have been deluging humanity with every conceivable falsehood and lie possible to concoct. As shocking and unbelievable as it may sound, you can rest assured it is all very much by design. It seems from the beginning the natural inclination is for humanity to accept a lie over the truth. In fact, Hitler was said to have declared, if you want people to believe you and follow, tell them a lie. In my own observations, I have seen that without a doubt, people really are more predisposed to accept the lies versus the truth. Shockingly, humanity resists and actually fights the truth with the exception of a rare few. It is for them this book is written. These exceptional few are those not content to simply accept unquestionably the private interpretations of the major Bible-based cults. A little-known or noticed fact of biblical history is the way adversarial powers, uh, knowing the Creator's plans, have presented humanity with their perverted or counterfeit version, banking that when the real thing arrives, it will ironically be rejected, at least by most, as counterfeit. Hence the saying, the truth is stranger than fiction. Chapter 1 after being locked away for the last two millennia by irreverent spiritual forces, the time has come for the great unveiling, the sharing of this reawakening of biblical and spiritual truth. Now is the time. This reviving of immortal truth has once again been made accessible for those who have ears to hear, for them to soar above the traditional Bible teachings to true understanding in the preparation for a kingdom of heaven here on earth. A strange and very old axiom, yet so familiar, make, which makes no sense when given even a shred of contemplation, is, the truth is stranger than fiction. What an odd saying indeed. After all, how could it be possible for the truth to be stranger than fiction? In lieu of that question, and as mentioned before, it is said that Adolf Hitler once quipped, if you want people to believe you, tell them a lie. And, in fact, he also added, the bigger the lie, the better. What a bizarre statement to make. But as the world came to see, he was quite correct in his assertion. Hitler's lies of the Third Reich were overwhelmingly embraced by the majority, only to later be revealed as the outrageous deception they really were. That in mind, are we really so arrogant as to stand up and deny that we are any different from the German people of the Weimar Republic of the 1930s? After all, the majority of the population continues to vote for politicians who virtually, without fail, reveal themselves to be abject liars in the end. In fact, a running joke in politics is, how can you tell if a politician is lying? Oh, yeah, when his lips are moving. Well, that may seem a bit harsh, but unless born yesterday, you know the ironic truth of that statement. Getting back to the aforementioned axiom, how is it possible for the truth to be stranger than fiction? Well, it's only possible if what we are taught growing up was nothing but falsehoods. 
with a fabricated foundation for truth from the beginning as children, when confronted with the actual truth, it's naturally rejected as fiction. A great case in point. When most of us were little, we were taught that a red-clad fat man lives at the North Pole. Then one night a year, this overweight, white-bearded man delivers billions of presents by, uh, get this, climbing down chimneys. If you know anything about chimneys, most of them are too small for even a large dog to get down, let alone a fat man. Of course, this is the dead of winter, dead December 25th, where there would usually be a fire burning or at least hot coals in that fireplace to boot. If that weren't enough, there's also the matter of the flying reindeer. Where do you suppose he found those? Would it be the same place he found the flying sleigh that could hold billions or thousands of trainloads of presents all at once? Hopefully you get the point of our absurd childhood teachings, i.e. lies, of the Santa Claus, without even mentioning the rabbit that lays colored eggs and the fairy that pays hard money for used human teeth. Thankfully, most of us eventually figure out the truth concerning such ridiculous teachings or lies. But the real point here is why. Why on earth would we begin shaping our children by teaching lies instead of truth? Do we really wish them to grow up to be liars? If we don't wish our children to mature into lying adults, why in the world would we begin their life on a diet of lies, only to turn around and teach them that lying is wrong? Hello? Can't say there's nothing wrong with this picture, can you? That said, we do have a major clue as to the source of such foolish, irrational behavior. We find it in the book of Revelation chapter 12. There we find a reference to the devil, that is a human adversary, having deceived the whole world. This scripture is quite emphatic in its language. But of course, few, if any, really believe it. Virtually everyone thinks they are exempt and have the truth. But then how can a deceived person comprehend they are deceived? Honestly, can we really believe deceptions are no longer taught after childhood? After all, think politics. On the other hand, maybe we just graduated to the next level of fables or lies. Interestingly, there are millions of people who believe that by blowing him or herself to kingdom come to destroy the infidel, that is the non-Muslims, he will receive a pass of some 70 virgins. How many of us reading this, at least in the Western Christian culture, believe it's true? Personally, considering how difficult living with one mate has been, I would have to seriously question the real value of such a reward. But hey, who am I to dissuade those who would embrace such a belief system? Although, if I were one of their women, I would be scratching my head a little. Bottom line, the majority of the population believes, even vehemently, whatever they are traditionally taught, regardless of the level of truth included. Well, that brings us to the overarching question of this tome. How much of what we in Western Christian culture have been taught is actually true? Are we really beyond being lied to and also accepting those lies? Remember, that's how most of us began this life. In this regard, we have to ask ourselves, how is it possible to have literally thousands of separate Bible-based sects or cults, both large and small, that agree on very little? Obviously, if they all profess to follow and teach the Bible, there can only be one correct one, right? How incredibly ironic, though, that the Bible they all claim to base their beliefs upon states that no prophecy that is reading or quoting of Scripture is open to private interpretation. We find that in 2 Peter 1, verse 20. 
Of course, the thousands of Bible-based sects claiming to found their beliefs on Bible Scripture in reality are basing their beliefs upon different private interpretations of Scripture, the very thing their own Scriptures forbid them to do. If all were based upon Bible Scripture, there could only be one that would be right. That means the rest, if not all, are lying. The real amazing irony in all this is that every one of those thousands of Christian denominations as with the rest of the world's religions, believes they are the one that's correct. Obviously, the idea that thousands of differing sects claiming to follow and base their beliefs on the Bible while all disagreeing is absurd, which brings us back to the original point. Are we big enough to admit we were lied to and have come to so many wrong and false conclusions? In this vein, one of my greatest heroes was Galileo. With his improved design of the Dutch astronomer Copernicus's telescope in the early 1600s, Galileo was able to see Jupiter's moons. That breakthrough exposed a false truth that the Earth is heliocentric versus geocentric. Amazingly, none of his scientists or clergy friends would accept what is now self-evident, even though Galileo had them look through his telescope and see for themselves. Sadly, he was sentenced to house arrest for the last couple decades of his life simply for obeying one of the very scriptures the church taught. It wasn't until the 21st century before the church finally acknowledged Galileo's truth. The blatant irony of Galileo's situation was that the very scriptures the church taught prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Ironically, that scripture commands people to do exactly what Galileo was punished for doing. What hypocrisy for church hierarchy to teach Bible scriptures but not allow their laity to obey the very scriptures they taught. Again, regarding the truth being stranger than fiction, Galileo's determining that the sun revolves around the earth was a real no-brainer. After all, all one had to do was watch the sun go around the earth, right? Would we have believed Galileo had we lived back then? But then what seeming no-brainer false truth have we embraced as truth today? On the other side, what we have, would have done or do in Galileo's shoes? Would we remain silent as to stay in good standing with our family, friends, and religion and allow the lie to be perpetrated or face the political fallout and publish? All truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as self-evident. This is a quote by Arthur Schopenhauer in 1788. With that bit of church history in mind, have the modern churches or religions changed since Galileo's time? Do they no longer expect or force their laity to embrace falsehoods as truth? My personal experience has been a profound yes. In fact, if we can accept the Bible as truth, the wisest man in biblical history, that is Solomon, stated in his wise exhortations, there is nothing new under the sun. That's Ecclesiastes 1.9. Moving on, the next appropriate question to ask is, why should we even care about truth? Why not just believe whatever we want to? Does it matter if we choose to believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy? Well, if we're to believe and or accept the scriptures, we have to take pause when we consider Revelation 21.8, where it states that all liars will have their place in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Those are pretty harsh words considering destiny of liars. After all, does not believing and passing on lies, especially to our children, qualify us as liars? Does the ridiculous excuse, well, it's for the children, really work here? 
If you're big enough to be honest, you know that Dodge is absurd. The bottom line here is, all the problems of our world are connected to the lying spirits. These lying, demonic, trans-dimensional entities teach people to love themselves and follow their feelings, exercising self-love, that is, selfish behavior and pride. And that, of course, is the source of all evil, including stealing, murder, and war. Unfortunately, all our behavior is also linked to the god or gods we knowingly or unknowingly worship and devote ourselves to, whether it be the god of lust, greed, selfishness, or even the god or gods of murder. The true solution is to choose a righteous, loving, and merciful God. Of all the world's religions, there is only one that even comes close to qualifying, that is, the God of the Old Testament. Unfortunately, that God, whose name is Yahweh, has been so maligned and demonized, most, even in Christianity, wouldn't recognize him if he stood right in front of them. The main reason for that is, again, improperly interpreting Scripture. For that reason, virtually all those claiming to base their beliefs on the Bible have virtually no clue what the Bible actually teaches. Just as people in Galileo's day refused to believe the earth revolved around the sun, no one claiming to believe in the Bible today will accept what it actually says either. The sad reality is the translators, when confronted with a variety of possible different meanings or words to draw upon, naturally chose the word or words that best fit their preconceived or traditional belief system. On top of the damage inflicted by them automatically choosing traditional meanings in, in the multiple translations into different languages, that is, those teaching and reading have been programmed to incorporate their own spin as well. Unfortunately, the confusion generated has birthed the most current trend in Western societies, which is to throw out the Bible altogether. But throwing it out makes no sense considering the Bible, when viewed objectively, deals with behavior and its consequences, both good and evil, that is, from cover to cover. It is the proverbial throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So, for the sake of those who care, that is, about human behavior and or the Bible, we take our stand on its integrity. Although taking a stand with the Bible means first establishing and defining its credibility, that can be done to a large degree with ancient Babylonian and Israelite artifacts and or fulfilled prophecies. There have been many such studies done to that end, but I'm going to go another and lesser known direction, which is the absolutely impossible uh, Bible codes discovered that was incorporated into the original Hebrew characters of the Torah thousands of years ago. The next chapter is meant to establish a concrete foundation that the Bible comes from an incredibly intelligent and non-human source.